0: we are in a series titled honor culture everybody say honor Honor. culture this is part two now if you miss part one i just want to bring this out to you if you miss part one you should download our app because you can watch all the sermons on our app hill city uh look for hill city texas you can find it uh you know um in all of your places to download apps And um, I think, can you guys get the ringing out a little bit? There you go, keep working on it. And so um, it's been super natural, even last week, because what we did last week is we paid attention to the fact that we now live in a culture here in these United States, not of honor, but of dishonor, and that we have been raised to not kiss up. Uh, to not be brown nosers and that's what we have deemed honor to really we we've regulated honor to that concept and the Bible is very clear that we are to honor in fact our key scripture is first Peter chapter 2 verse 16 through 17 living as servants of God. How many of you are living as a servant of God, not as a pervert, not as a wicked individual living as servants of God? All of you. We all make mistakes, but we are living as. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. I'm living as a servant of God. I may not I may not do it all right, but I'm living as a servant of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood fear God and honor the Emperor and last week we brought that out to you that when when the Word of God in this moment is being Written and telling the people of God to honor the Emperor it, Most of the Christians are fleeing for their lives hiding in caves and in cemeteries um, because Nero the Emperor at the time is attempting to kill off all of the Christians and so when Peter tells them to honor the emperor, it is a whole nother way of living out our Christian walk. It is to show value. That's what the word honor means, to value extremely, as, uh, to value extremely precious, or to give respect to. Therefore dishonor is to treat as common, to devalue, and not to give respect. One day a little girl was sitting there watching her mother wash the dishes. And as she was washing the dishes, the little girl noticed that she had strands of white hair amongst those beautiful black curls. And so, with all sincerity, she looked at her mother and she said, why, mom, are some of your hair is white? And her mother replied, well, every time you do something wrong and make me cry or unhappy, one of my hairs turn white. <laughs> After contemplating for a few seconds, the little girl said, well, Mom, what happened to all of Grandma's hairs? <laughs> we are honoring grandparents today. One more time, can we clap for all of our grandparents in the house? We love you. As we jump into this work today, today, and this week and next week, part of our training and teaching in this culture of honor we're going to study is that God identifies multiple key entities that we are to honor. And we're going to extract the top four, if you will, or the four that, uh, that probably more readily are talked about in Scripture. And we're going to look at those four. And not only are we going to identify, boy, we need to do a better job honoring these entities, but we also want to learn how to do that. How, how do we go about doing that? And so as we jump into it today, the first and foremost entity that we find that we're called to honor is the Lord. Everybody say amen. Amen. Mark chapter 12 and verse 30, if you'll turn there with me. It says, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest of all the commandments? He actually went to the first commandment, which is, what does anybody know the, the Ten Commandments, number one? Honor the Lord your God, for he'll have no other gods before him. And so Jesus goes straight to that. Love the Lord your God. And it's interesting that he uses the word Lord. And doesn't just say, love God. Because that verbiage in that moment with everyone standing around and it should have more impact even on us, but in our culture, we don't really use the term Lord very often because that would mean that we're slaves and none of us are gonna submit ourselves and that especially as Americans. And so in this concept, Jesus says to honor the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all of your mind. Honor the Lord. Here's been quite the problem with more present, present Christianity, is that we struggle to allow him to be our Lord. He'll be our God, but we struggle to have him as Lord. In fact, I would say until you love God, your love for God surpasses your love for yourself, he isn't your Lord. And so that could be your litmus test. Until you love the Lord more than you love yourself, he's not your Lord. He's your friend, your buddy, you might even see him as savior, but until you come to the place that whatever he says, whatever he wants, whatever he desires, whatever that is in holy scripture, you love that more than you love yourself, your wants, your desires. Years ago, um, I was running this Bible school called Christ for the Nations up the road, and there was this cool new song that all the churches were singing. And in that song, it had a line, as heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss. And and, uh, I'll never forget, we had this elder who had been in multiple revivals, he was in his late 80s, Dr. Eric Belcher. He was from New Zealand, he was about 5'5". Five, five, and he was a very studied theological man and been very passionate for the Lord for many, many years. And prior to being a Christian, he was a boxer. So he had these fists, they were like little sledgehammers. I mean, because he wasn't a big man, but his hands were like like two of mine. And, and he's smaller than me, but you know, by this season of his life he was somewhat as they call it, Portly. And, um, and he was the uh, residing elder at that ministry. And as they were singing that song one day, we were all on the stage and I'll never forget, he stuck that chin out and with that, with that look and he said, give me the mic. And I said, uh, yes sir. And he stood up front and he said, he shook it, he looked around and he said, this song that you're singing today, heaven meets earth with a sloppy wet kiss. I will tell you today that he is not your lapdog. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And this sloppy wet kiss is to show him dishonor. All the young people were like, you know, he sloppy kisses me because grace and mercy. And he said, he is to be respected and to be valued. He is not your lapdog who sloppily kisses you as you stick your face down towards him. And we were all like, yes, God. We all felt like, okay. And sometimes, listen to me grandparents, you need the older generation to bring forth the truth on where honor and respect and where that line is supposed to be drawn. And I promise you, when you and I, when we honor the Lord, When we honor the Lord, the Lord honors us. Somebody shout amen, that's a good preaching right there. And so I'm gonna give you a couple thoughts here today on five biblical ways to honor the Lord. As I've looked through scripture, five biblical ways to honor the Lord. We're gonna go through these quick, just jot them down. Number one, and I'm gonna use, I'm going old school. I'm gonna use a couple of Ts. Every one of them's gonna have a T to it, okay? There you go. All right. I, I did away back in the day with acronyms, but I'm bringing back that at least, you know, they all have the same, ti- the same uh, you know, first letter. All right. Here we go. Number one, honor God with your ticker. Come on. Old people know what that term is. Ticker. With your heart. The Bible tells us to honor the Lord with our heart, the passions of our desires, the things that matter to us. To honor, to treat the Lord as valuable with our heart, what we love, what, we, what, 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 we're, what we're passionate about. Here's a second one. Write this down quickly. Honor God with your time. Honor the Lord with your time. I don't know about you, but as I get older, it seems like the most precious commodity on earth now is not money, it's time. Honor the Lord with your time. I often check myself. How much time am I spending on social media? How much time am I spending watching TV? How much time am I spending in worthless conversation and I hadn't spent any time with the Lord? And I've learned if I'm gonna honor, if he's valuable, if he's precious to me, then I need to honor him with my, say it, time. Here's a third way that we can honor the Lord. Here's our third T and that is honor the Lord or honor God with your talents, with your talents. God has given you giftings. Some of you have the ability to just bring in money. I mean, you just, you just can't help it. Everything you touch turns to gold. Some of you have the ability, the moment you walk in the room, everyone is drawn to you. Some of you have this ability to just be so faithful and you're rock solid, while all the winds are blowing and everybody's losing their mind and yelling, you know, that the earth is falling and going to fall apart. You just are solid. Honor the Lord with your talents. These are God-given abilities that God has given you. Honor the Lord with your talents. Number four, honor God with your temple. With your temple. The Bible calls our, the, the, the Bible calls our body the temple. Of the Holy Spirit, honor the Lord with your temple. And I, and 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 Paul, in reference to this statement in First Corinthians chapter six and verse eighteen, he's dealing with a bunch of pagan uh, Gentiles who've gotten saved, and their whole lives they have lived in homosexuality. They have lived in sexual promiscuity. They did whatever they wanted, and that was actually accepted in their culture. It was awesome, and they and they they messed. Their, uh, they had sexual relationships even with children in their culture. The Romans were so pagan, and the and the and the Greeks were as well and so as they are coming to Christ they still have this residue and Paul begins to teach him you must honor God by honoring him with your body if you say you love the lord then honor him with your body as well he says he says to him so don't you know that your body is the temple of the holy ghost and so why would you go back into sexual perversion into all these things? So he literally challenges them to honor the Lord with your temple or with your body. Um, recently, uh, one of my spiritual sons, the Lord has really uh, promoted him and he's had the opportunity to really be, be in some really big, um, um, are really um, noteworthy relationships. And recently they were able to do this huge outreach for um, the city of Los Angeles. And uh, this uh, this amazing man of God, uh, you know, that I've had opportunity to be in their life, uh, found himself hosting some of, the, some of the most famous people in the world. Uh, as they did this outreach to Los Angeles, people of all faiths, people of, um, people of prominence said, hey, this is an awesome thing. Let's help be a part of this. They handed out food. They cleaned, they cleaned up uh, uh, um, schools. They uh, cleaned up old vacant lots and pulled up you know, all the, all the you know, drug paraphernalia needles all out in the yards. And, and they began to work with the foster care system and uh, was able to sa- save the foster care system in, in a couple of weekends. Uh, 1.6 million dollars and so this spiritual son was in this environment and um and he was actually engaging with one of the top music producers in the world and uh somehow this man uh, excuse me in in the midst of communicating with him uh this man had come to christ two years earlier he lives in hollywood he's hollywood to the tilt uh, to the hilt. he's a single man in hollywood and he's come to christ a couple years earlier And somewhere in the discussion, they begin discussing a very famous preacher who recently was exposed for being in sexual sin, cheating on his spouse, having a sexual relationship with another woman. And in the midst of bringing that out, this gentleman who's been a Christian for two years loses his mind, still has much residue. And he starts, that blank and blank and pastor. And he began to say this truth. For two years, I have lived pure before the Lord. Do you not think that I couldn't have sex with every woman in this city because of my position and the power that I yield? But when I came to Christ, I said that my body belongs to God and that I'll honor him with all of my sexual relationships. And he said, so I laid it down. And this guy is supposed to be a pastor acting this way. And my, and when the spiritual son told me about it, I thought, wow. Look, even the baby Christians understand that we should honor the Lord with our temple, with our body. You're tracking with me, say yes. Here's the fifth one, and that is honor God with your treasure. Honor God with your treasure. Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter six and verse 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What you value, what God has blessed you with. I'm reminded of of Abraham, and God had promised him a son, and finally, you know, as he's over 100 years old, he has this, this miracle happen. And he loves this kid. Can you imagine grandparents waiting to finally have an heir that your name does not die out in the earth? And that happens. Do you know how spoiled that kid was? I want you to think about that. How spo- every bit of resources went for that child. And then God says, I want him back. Bring him and put him on the altar and murder this child before me to show me that you love me more than this child. And the Bible says that Abraham said, okay. And right as he was about to stick the knife in the boy's chest, the Lord stopped him and he said, I see now that you love me more than the gifts that I give you. Wow. I wonder how often I have misappropriated honoring God with the gifts that he's entrusted me with. See, can I just say this to you? The Lord doesn't care if you're very wealthy. Just the opposite. If you have great wealth, you can do great things for kingdom business. God's not mad about that, but here's the problem, and here's what we've seen in some of the prosperity teaching that got a little sideways, and what most of the world would say that's wrong. And that is that that gift, that treasure doesn't have you. God has it through you. For example, if God… If God gives you the kind of resources that you can buy a G-Wagon, come on somebody, roll it up in the parking lot. But my question to you is if there's a homeless man sitting on the side of the road and needs to get himself over to a food kitchen, will you put him in that G-Wagon and help him get there? Because that treasure of yours actually is honorable when we give it back to the Lord. Can you use it in honor of the Lord? Do you honor the Lord with your treasures? Uh, what I love about my family and where I've come from is I've watched my mom and dad, no matter how much God has favored them with, they just keep giving it away. They just keep using it as a resource for kingdom business. God wants you to have that big, big, beautiful house. Now open it up so people can come and get saved in your living room with small group life. God wants you to have that, that br- brilliant, brilliant child that you have. Now I mean that that kid is so smart, it's unbelievable. But that kid is a treasure for heaven. Open up your heart when it comes to your treasures and honor the Lord with it. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. yes. Come on, are you still with me? Say yes. yes. Now I wanna move into our second entity today that the Bible teaches us to honor. You ready? It's unbelievable. Father and mother. Yes. It's unbelievable how this fell. When we were planning out this series months ago, we had no concept that today would be grandf- grandparents' day. God wooves, uh, weaves all these things together. It's unbelievable. Father and mother. In fact, look what Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2 and 3 says, Honor your father and mother. When we became a Christian, this was the only scripture that my mom and dad found and would put it on everything in our house. I I don't think their Bible had any other scriptures in it. That's not true. I'm just being silly. Which is the first commandment with a promise. Did you know that? It's the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Of the Ten Commandments of the 10 commandments when it when God tells us to honor our father and mother he then puts a promise connected to it that's how important it is to him and so you say well why do you think God would have us honor our parents can i give you three thoughts three thoughts on why i believe God commanded us he didn't suggest it to us he didn't say hey i got a good idea for you he gave us a command come on have you ever been commanded Have you ever worked in an environment like the military where you got a command and You you don't second guess it. You just do it. He commanded us. That's why they're called Ten Commandments, not Ten Suggestions. He says, commands us to honor our father and mother. Let me give you a couple of uh, thoughts on why I think he commanded us. Number one, because every parent is flawed. So if he didn't command us to honor them, we'd say, look, they all messed up. I don't have to trust them. I don't have to believe in them. I don't have to honor them. Every parent is flawed. And all the parents said, amen. Amen. Come on, you can do better than that. All the parents said, amen. (coughs) So he commanded us that we would be, because he knew that as children, we would be close enough to see their flaws. Do you know why pastors don't let people get close to them? When I was growing up and going to Bible school, my professor taught us, do not let the people get close to you. Because the people have a bad habit that when they see your humanity, they will disrespect you, dishonor you, and begin to tear you down. Because they struggle to honor the position, especially when they see your humanity. I struggled with that because when I looked at the life of Jesus, he did not hide himself from the people. He put himself up in a grandiose temple and tried to pretend like, you know, that, 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 that you know, everyone needed to come and bow. He went to the people. They saw him. He had to go to the restroom and 12 men were there. They saw his human side, though no sinfulness in him. They saw the everyday life of God on earth in human form. When you and I have parents, we are closer to them than really anyone else because we get to see their flaws. In fact, <clears throat> have you ever had an opportunity to get close to a model and see him up close? All these people you see on TV and magazines and that kind of stuff, it's interesting when you actually get up close to them. A couple years back, my son, one of his great heroes in television movies is Chuck Norris. And Chuck Norris actually was local at a little, at a, at a little event. And so we went to it. And there was only about 100 people there. So we were going to have the opportunity to take a picture with Chuck Norris. I have it saved on my phone. And I'll never forget, as I stood close to Chuck Norris, I was like, this guy is not that tall. And as I looked, I said, wait a minute. Look at those wrinkles all on the back of his head. This guy is old. They making this guy look like he can kill anybody. This guy can't even beat me. I actually stood there like I could whoop him right now. Because guess what? because I got up close to him, I could see his flaws. So God commands us to honor our parents because he knows because we're so close, we'll see their flaws and we'll lose honor if he doesn't command us to keep honor. Here's a second thought that I have that I believe why God commands us to honor parents. And that is because uh, you would not be alive without them. Let me just do a survey real quick. Let me just quick quickly do a survey. I need, I need your help. I, I think, let's see how many of this applies to you. If, you're, if, if you, um, if some mother went through labor to have you, I want you to raise your hands. Why is your hand not up? Every one of you had a mom that went through labor. You would not be here. If your mom did not have you and go through labor. And so, as I mean, and for some of you, many, many hours with your big old head self. And so, as a result of that, God's like, you would not even be alive without them. You're going to honor them. That brings me to third thought, and that is this. God chose their DNA to make you unique. I need you to catch this. God chose their DNA to make you unique. Psalms 139. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. That's verse 13. Skipping down to verse 16, he says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. What did God's God's eyes see? My unformed body. Stay with me. And it continues on. All the days ordained for me were written in your book, before one of them came to be. This is why we stand against abortion. You need to know this. Because before one of them came to be, you had already ordained my life and my days and what they would be like. And so to cut that short, to abort that life that has already been set in motion. And you need to understand, God told us and commanded us to honor our father and mother because they brought forth the DNA that created you and made you the unique person that you are. 23 chromosomes, 23 chromosomes came together to make you the fact. That, listen, and you need to understand, I, uh, I didn't do well in biology, so just go ahead, put up with me, all right, for just a moment. But as I understand it, that baby in the womb, that female baby in the womb already has in her the eggs for her children. So when you're pregnant with your daughter, you're also pregnant with your granddaughters and your grandchildren. This is biological fact. This is not me coming up with something scriptural. What I want you to understand is to even study the depths of biology and to understand that in that those chromosomes that they come together and these and, and so and so it doesn't really matter or it doesn't matter if, if you had a, a terrible mom or dad but the bottom line was God took their chromosomes his chromosomes and her chromosome brought them together to make the unique you that is on the planet. And I understand listen I know some of you I know some of you have had such difficulty with parents. Some of you, I I just want to point this out. There there are accidental parents, but there are no accidental babies. There are illegitimate parents, but there are no illegitimate children. No illegitimate babies. God was more interested in create, creating you than he was in your mom and dad's parenting skills. And so he commanded us to honor even if they've not always been honorable. So I want to give you the thoughts on how we can go about honoring our parents today. The best I can see in Scripture. But to do this, to do this, we need to understand the three stages that all of us will go through in life and how we relate to honoring our parents as we go through these stages. The first stage is childhood, being a child. And the Bible tells us very clearly that children, how do they honor their parents? By obeying their parents. A child obeys their parents. Um, If you don't teach your children to obey while they're children, Do you know what you're creating for them in reference to our society? If they won't obey the ones who gave birth to them, the ones who protect them, the one who's trained them, if you've not taught them to obey you, why will they obey a boss or an authority figure going down the road? This is where we find ourselves in our generation now. We are taught as children to obey. That is how we honor God, as we honor our parents as children. Now, I remember when mine were children, and I would tell them to do something. And after a few spankings here or there, they caught it, and it was wonderful. But then after the childhood stage came this demonic stage. We'll call this second stage um, teenage slash young adults, let's call it that stage. And so how do we honor our parents as teenagers, young adults? How do we do that? What does that look like? Well, there are a couple thoughts that I would give you out of scripture. The first way we honor our parents as teenagers and young adults is by respecting them. See, when you become a teenager, once you hit puberty and you start becoming teenagers and young adults, you start realizing Dad's an idiot. You have these moments where you go, wait a minute. Santa Claus wasn't suffering from cancer, so now he has to wear a beard, a fake beard. He's not really an idiot. It's just Dad. I've been lied to this whole time. And you start coming into these revelations of your own opinions. And then you're looking over at them like you can't even work an iPhone. Why would I respect you? And so the Lord would have you as a teenager or a young adult to show honor to your parents, number one, by respecting them, even though you now see their flaws. Because when you were little, you never saw their flaws. Dad's awesome. I love you, mom. My kids would climb up in my lap. They would, they would let me kiss them and hold them, and now I go to kiss them. They're like, what's wrong with you, old man? Get off of me. <laughs> so we honor them in that season of life as teenagers, young adults. Number one, by respecting them. I respect you even though I don't always agree with you because I have now formulated my opinions of the world or am starting to formulate my opinions of the world. Here's the second way in this stage of our life, teenager, young adult, that we honor our parents, and that is by listening to them, by listening to them. That doesn't mean, especially as we come into our young adult self and we're going off to colleges and doing all these things, that doesn't mean that, that everything that they would want us to do as we become our own adults, that, they, that we necessarily, we've we got to learn to walk in our own shoes for the Lord. But we need to listen to them, hear them out, as we're formulating our opinions on what's right and wrong with the world. And you need to understand this, and I teach parents this all the time, and that's really hard for parenting, because you've raised this little precious soul. They, they've got You and your husband, or you and your wife's chromosomes flowing through them, your DNA is in them. And I'll never forget the first time my kid came home from school, and he began to act like something I had never taught him. And it wigged me out because he was sponging off of that which was around him and formulating his own identity, if you will. And to walk him through that and walk my daughters through that, that they become their own person. And I've had to help parents to understand that there is an age of accountability. The Jews believe that age is 13 years old. That's why they do bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. And I have been many times at the Wailing Wall. And at the Wailing Wall, you'll see them doing their bar mitzvahs, if you will, a portion of it. And you've got all the uncles and all the men and the dad. They've got this box, and in it's all these prayers. And they've got that young man who's who's just turned 13. And there's a prayer that that father prays in Jewish culture. He prays something like this, translated into Cajun. Something like this. Oh, God, I've done my best to teach him your ways. I've taught him the Torah and how to obey you. But today, as he comes into the age of accountability, I now release him to you. I'm no more responsible for whether or not he serves you. It is in your hands, oh, God, and I relinquish that. Unfortunately, we live many times in a culture that we want to raise them until they're 50. (laughs) And we carry the responsibility. Can I just tell you something? If your child does not learn to love the Lord, you will not force that on them as they grow. As they come into adulthood and young adulthood, all you're going to be doing is pushing them away because they don't. And God himself does not force his will on us. So why do we think we should? Come on, grandparents, hear me out. The best we can do is woo them to the Lord and show the goodness of the Lord and give them the the best wisdom we can give them. Listen to me, young person and young adult, the best thing you could ever do is respect them enough to listen to them and hear them out and honor their years of life and listen to what they went through so that you can formulate good plans for your life. And yeah, your, your journey plan, your pathway may not be their pathway, but I'd be doggone if you should disrespect them and dishonor them by not listening to them. And that's the truth. No matter how old you get, That you and I need to carry, that I will honor the generation above me by listening to them. I will honor my mom and dad, no matter what my age, my life experience, by listening to them. Are you tracking with me today? Say yes. Which brings me to the third stage, and that is when we become adults. We have our own families, and we have our own children, and we have our own way of doing life. And now we have, if you will, older parents. They're now grandparents. How do we honor them? How do we honor them? It's not right for that grandparent to begin to tell me how to run my family. That's not appropriate because the Bible says that I'm supposed to leave and cleave to my wife. So, how do we honor them? And some of you have had very uh, strong, demanding parents. And as you came into adulthood, trying to tell you what to do, and your little wife is like, I don't care what your mama says. This is how I'm cooking spaghetti. I don't care. And it's caused a lot of riffs. <laughs> because you didn't know how to leave and cleave and have your own family <laughs> because some kind of false expectation of what honor looks like. And so I don't live in fear of obeying my parents. I'm a grown adult, but I would never take something that they said lightly. I honor them enough. So let me give you a couple thoughts on how to honor, if you will, the grandparents or your parents as you are in the adult phase. And that is, number one, by a, um, we honor them by appreciating them. By appreciating them. Their effort that they made. Do you know how much easier your parents' life would have been if they didn't have you? Do you know how many vacations they could have taken? if they hadn't had you. In fact, do you know what the national uh, cost now to raise a a kid is? $250,000. What could I do with a quarter of a million dollars? In fact, we find now the concept in this younger generation of why have kids when I can instead drive the most expensive Tesla. Or I could have my career be the most valuable thing in my life. Whereas the Bible says that children are a blessing from the Lord. So I honor all those who've had children, who've adopted children because they had the inability to have, you know, physically, biologically give birth to them. I honor you and the Lord honors you because children are a blessing from the Lord. But they're expensive. They're, they, listen, I told my kids all the time, I was cool before you came along won't you know I had abs I'd still have abs but I'm working my tail off so you can have soccer shoes just so you because but is this not the way of the Lord that we would have children that carry on our name that we train them and teach them but the best thing we could ever do as an adult is to appreciate our parents to show that we care for them and can I just say this appreciation is not that hard Especially if they're in that era of retirement and that kind of, they, 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 they you know, they, they've got a little bit of money in the bank, not much. They're living probably on a fixed income, but they don't have kids in the house. They don't necessarily, if they're in retirement uh, phase of life, they don't have a, a whole lot of things that, you know, that, uh, that, that they have to do and go to work and that kind of stuff. And so sometimes you've got to understand that that aged parent is just struggling a little bit to feel appreciated as they look back over the years of sacrifice they made for us. And I think if you and I could just honor them by appreciating them, a phone call here or there. You know, it's amazing how, how wonderful it is for a grandparent to get a call from their children just to talk about they cut the grass today. You say, well, that just sounds boring to me. But not for them. Because you are, if you will, the trophy of their life. Every little thing matters to them. They love it. They love to hear about it. A phone call could go a long way. Here's a second way we can appreciate, if, excuse me, honor our older parents and we're, as we're in the adult phase of our lives, and that is by providing for them. Now, hear me out. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 4. It says, But if a widow has children or grandchildren, These, talking about the children or grandchildren, should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. Timothy is actually, Paul is actually dealing with the fact that um, there are those who are widows and have no one taking care of them and they've come into the church and so, so he lays out what honor looks like. He so says, if there's no one to take care of them, then the church needs to do the right right thing and take care of them. But if they have children and grandchildren, they should take care of them. He says, and call themselves Christians. And he uses the term religion. They should, make, they should put their religion, their righteous living into actual proper effect by taking care of them as they may have need. Take care of them. And, and so only, only in our culture And only in the American culture, in the Western culture, do we not honor the aged. Every other culture in the world outside of the Western culture honors those who are older. And one of the key ways they honor them is by taking care of them and and watching after them. Now, with the little bit of time I have left, I just want to give this kind of closing word. If you had parents or a parent who may have hurt you deeply maybe physically, or emotionally, or even sexually. And obviously, this truth in the Scripture of honoring is going to be very difficult for you. What does that look like? Well, let me say this before we go any further in this concept. There is hardly anything else in Scripture that God condemns and judges more harshly than harming a child. In fact, Jesus said it would be better that a millstone hung around your neck and you cast into the ocean and drowned a miserable death is what he's talking about, then you harm a little one. And so if you were harmed, abandoned, misappropriated by a broken parent, someone who suffered, maybe, maybe had mental illness, maybe had a substance abuse issue, and they harmed you, they, and that affects your life, here would be my counsel to you. First and foremost, do your best to fix that. Maybe it looks something like this. Maybe you could have a moment where you could sit down with them, and I would encourage you to do this and say, I want to be free to honor you. I want to be free to honor the good that you did do in my life, but I can't until we talk about the pain that you caused in my life. You say, Pastor, you got to understand, my my mom and dad are already gone. That person, that that parent is already, they don't even, they're not alive anymore, or it just can't happen, if that, and, and that may be the case, then I would challenge you to get with a Christian counselor and just sit down with them and say, I need to process this through. Because if you don't, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to accidentally propagate some of those same broken pieces. It's, it's just statistically, it's, it's just what happens. I know that we're redeemed and the Lord does that, but there'll be little pieces that you never meant to come out. But since that was in you you and you don't have the ability to honor, I'll never forget when Joyce Myers talked about, for the very early part of her ministry, she would talk about her father who molested her, who was still alive. We'd hear her preach about it. She would make reference to it, trying not to shame him now that she had become a Christian. But the pain, as she would share her pain and what she had gone through, and the difficulties that she had even has as an adult because of what he did to her. And I'll never forget, over the last seven or eight years, I'll never forget hearing her say, God came to me in a dream, or he spoke to me, however he did. It was so impactful. She said, Because my aged father had no one to care for him. And the Lord said, I need you to take him into your home. And she talked about the fight she had with the Lord. But in honor, she did that, honoring his position, not honoring his character and the lack thereof. And she said as she brought, brought him into her home, him knowing that she's a famous preacher, as she brought him into her home, she said it was horrible for the first few weeks, months. Said so it just wasn't easy, wasn't good. It brought back all that pain, all that suffrage, all the things that God had healed her of, all of it was real and raw every time she saw him every time she made him a sandwich. And she said, but then in the process of that, she stayed the course. And at the end of it, she said that he came to her and in all the years, he never would admit what he had done to her. And there at the last, right before he passed away, he admitted his sin. And she said the liberation that came, she said, I would have never had that. And she began to testify how that's now affecting her relationship with her children. And her grandchildren to have that thing written off of the list to be healed, and the Lord do that. And I would challenge you if you've been through that, you were mishandled, mistreated, that God would like to heal that. And whatever way you feel like is the best to go about it, I just want to bring attention to it so that you don't have to suffer for the next 20 years of your life. You and I are called to honor the Lord, and we're called to honor our father and mother. And then the Lord says it like this. Well, let me just say this. If you were abandoned, I want to give you one last scripture, and you should write this down. You say, I had to basically raise myself. I want you to know what Psalms 2710 says. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Another translation says, the Lord takes me and cares for me, though I was abandoned. You need to know that the Lord has been there working on your behalf, even though they did not handle their parental responsibility properly. The Lord can take their brokenness and do miracles in you, even though they destroyed you, hurt you, and abandoned you. And I would remind you of the key passage out out of Ephesians. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. Yolanda Columbus is one of my favorite people on the planet. She's on our team. And her grandmother passed away last week at 94 years young. Yolanda told me she was one of 28 siblings. She was the sole survivor of that group of children and that her sister... Yolanda's great aunt had passed away last year at a hundred and one. Could I be so bold as to guess that those children had learned how to honor their mom and dad? That they had long life. And do you know that Yolanda, as she was at that homegoing celebration of her grandmother, said the pastor stood up and said, that this sweet lady had been in the church much longer than he had all the years and that she was the best minister they had ever had and that she, in a season where women weren't allowed to minister the Word of God, that by the time he came along, he recognized, you know what, forget all that, and he had allowed her to minister and she was the best minister they had in their whole church. Can I tell you something? When we honor our father and our mother, The Bible says it will go well with us on the earth, and we will live long lives. How many of you guys want it it to go well with you on the earth and want to live long lives? Come on, stand with me quick.